0: are not engaging, that our churches do not engage in just window dressing the sinner, allowing people to become a part of the church without any life-changing commitment to Jesus Christ, souls must be saved. Without the altar, there'll be no repentance. Without repentance, there'll be no cleansing process. Without cleansing, there will be no holiness. The Bible says, without holiness, no man Will see God. And so, uh, if you've been coming to our church at any time, the altar is critical to what we believe and what God is able to accomplish. The altar. Okay, I want uh, Isaiah 6 1 uh, through 8, if you get that for
1: me. And in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood two seraphim, each had six wings. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole world, or whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphim unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. Now watch that. This live coal came off the altar. Go ahead. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send,
0: and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, Lord, send me. Okay, and so the question is, why the altar? Uh, What's its purpose? Uh, Why have altar calls? And so in the Old Testament, um, uh, there was basically two altars that were represented, uh, and one of these was a place of sacrifice. This is where they would come, a lamb was slain, or whatever was slain, and uh, it would be burned, uh, and the innocent shed their blood uh, for the guilty. They paid the price, and of course this was a picture of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. So one of the pictures from the Old Testament um, was it was a place of sacrifice, uh, And in the New Testament, it's a place of salvation. It was a place of repentance and of cleansing. The altar was a place where sin was dealt with. The heart was cleansed. It didn't matter if it was the leper or who it was. Sins were for guilt and shame was removed. And so also sacrifice established covenant at the altar between God and man. So you have to think, what does the altar mean to me? What does the altar mean? As George said, it's not just a genuflex. It's not just, you know, some religious, you know, uh, symbol or or some religious rhetoric. It's, uh, you need to understand uh, what the altar is all about. I did a whole Sunday school. Actually, Pastor Mitchell did it many, many years ago on the altars of God. And we'll talk a little bit about that. And so it's established covenant between God and man. Uh, Genesis 8, if you'd read that. Gen- start with verse 20. I, uh... And
1: Noah builded an altar unto the Lord and took every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done.
0: Okay, and then 12 and 13, and God said uh, this is a sign of the covenant. Is that the next chapter of that? Oh, same? I got it here, sir. Okay, 12, 13. Yeah.
1: 12,
0: 13. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister. No, that's go back to uh, maybe uh, chapter nine, nine, twelve, and thirteen. Try that.
1: And God said, "This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations." I thirteen. set my rainbow.
0: You don't want that. Go ahead. I yeah. set
1: my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be
0: for the sign of the covenant between me. Okay, all of this uh, uh, was fixed at the altar. So the altar isn't just a place where you come and you're born again. Sin is forgiven. The blood of Jesus is applied. Guilt and shame is removed. Uh, We talked about that, restoration, redemption, uh, those kind of things. Uh, But it's also a place where you cut covenant with God. It's a place where you come and maybe you're struggling with something. It could be tithing. It could be destiny. It could be God's will. Uh, It could be uh, some sin. It could be God's wanting you to do something. He's wanting you uh, to to commit to something. And you come to the altar and you pray a prayer and covenant is sealed. And just a side note, uh, it it ticks me off that the, the homos stole the rainbow. Because this is is where it originated with, right here. God said, I put a rainbow in the sky. I've cut a covenant with you that I will not destroy you uh, again uh, uh, by flood. And so, uh, but again, these are pictures uh, out of the Old Testament of what happened at the altar. They have a spiritual significance for today. And so Abraham, the father of our faith, over and over, he built altars. You can do your own study. I think there was... A, and each of the, at each of these altars, they were built because he had a revelation of God. The seven names of God. These revelations, Jehovah Jireh, you know, the, the Lord who blesses and, and the Lord who heals. Uh, uh, the Lord is my banner, my strength. All of these... Uh, uh, have uh, were, we're established um, at an altar, and so the altar is also a place. And we're going to have this read in just a moment. Is a place where revelation is captured. It's one thing to hear a sermon and say yes. It's another thing when you go to the altar and you you say, God, I want that. You you, I want I want that to be mine. I don't want it just to be a head knowledge. But I want that to be in my heart. I want my heart to connect with that revelation of who you are, what you want me to do, how you want me to live, your will. So so the altar has a lot of spiritual significance. Genesis 22, verse 1 through
2: 9. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham, and he said to Abraham, and he... And he said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering as one, on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning <coughs> and saddled his donkey and took his two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there. And
0: Abraham built an altar
2: there. Go ahead. And placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Okay, again,
0: the altar is a place of covenant. It's a place of sacrifice. It's a place where things are surrendered to God. And he got a revelation. And so here he is, God's testing him. The miracle child, the the son he loved that was born of Sarah in their old age. God said, I want you to take Isaac to a place I'll show you and offer him there. It's a test. So they go to Mount Moriah. Some scholars feel this is where Jesus later was uh, offered up on the cross, and it was at the altar he built an altar. Have you built an altar? Is there? Do you have you built an? Have you built a place at this altar in your house? Have you built an? And I'm not talking about with with wood. I'm talking about have you as. Is there a place in your heart where you've built an altar? You've cut covenant with God. You've, it's a place where you've sacrificed things. You've sacrificed old lifestyle. You've, sat, you've laid people on that altar. You've laid attitudes on that altar. You've laid your, things that were ungodly, uh, curses, you've laid them on that altar. And and then he gets a revelation, you know, his, his hands drawn back. Angel of the Lord uh, stops his hand. There's a ram caught in the bush, uh, and and that's where he gets that revelation. The Lord Himself shall provide a sacrifice. And so, so all of this uh, is happening at the altar. And and so this is this again. This is. Uh, Uh, Not my will, but your will be done. It's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Disobedience. Love of the world. Carnality. A rebellious heart. It's at the altar. Well, I know. People here, I know. But no, there's something spiritual happens. Something powerful happens. When you get down on your face before God, lay your heart down before God. And you 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 cut that covenant. You lay that sacrifice down. God, I'm sorry. It's me. I don't want to be like this. I don't want this anger, this jealousy, this bitterness, this rebellion, this attitude, this mindset. I don't want to this addiction. God, I, I lay. And there's something. It's at the altar where these things are broken. The blood and the spirit, cleansing strongholds, etc. Uh, Exodus twenty four six. Did I give that to someone? Did I give that to anyone? No. Go ahead. And Moses, took
3: half of the blood. and Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood in the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he do I keep going?
0: Yeah, go ahead, go and ahead. And he
3: took the book off the covenant and read in the audience of the people, and they said, All that the Lord has said will we do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant which the Lord have made with you
0: concerning all these words. Okay. It's called the altar of burnt offerings, the brazen altar. It was an altar of covenant. Who can tell me? Who's a Bible scholar? And there's a I preached on it years ago. There's a great uh, uh, revelation about leprosy, and uh, when the leper was cleansed and he went to the priest, uh, what happened? Anybody know? Two powerful things happened uh, concerning the blood in the altar. Anybody? Great story. Maybe I ought to preach it again. That's why I have to preach over and over to you people. (laughs) Amen. George, you got a good mind? I'm reaching, but if I remember right, uh, the
1: priest examined him. The what? The priest examined the leper. Okay. And then he took an offering of turtle doves, if I remember right, and they were sacrificed. Their blood was sprinkled on him and on the altar as a covenant, just like what happened.
0: And then what did the other bird do? The other bird went free. Yeah, yeah, you got it, you got it. Yeah, yeah. What happened at the altar is uh, the priest, uh, one, like George said, he would examine him. And then uh, two doves, actually I think it was, two doves, they would, they would bring him. And they would, uh, they would uh, one dove, they would shed the blood, gave his life. And they would take that innocent blood and put it on him. And the other, this is a great story of deliverance, great story of of breaking of curses and addictions and all kinds of stuff. The other bird had the blood on it and he would turn it loose and it would go free. And it was a picture of what happens at the altar. When the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, the, the innocent, is applied to your heart uh, or your leprosy. Leprosy in the Old Testament was a type of sin. It eats you up. And so, uh, and the other one would fly away, free. And that was a picture of what could happen at the altar because of the blood of Jesus Christ um, Is one, uh, you were cleansed, but the other one, you were free to go on now and live life. You weren't harnessed with that jacket. It's one thing to be forgiven. It's another thing to be free. It's one thing to say, the Lord loves me and forgives me. It's another thing to walk away from your history. Uh, generational curses, a bad decisions, sin—it's uh, it, to walk away, and that—that that happens at an altar. And this is a part of the heartbeat of this. We believe someone can walk through that door and be insane, cursed, legion of demons, and come to an altar, not only be forgiven. But the curse broken, and they can be free. This is why, sitting all around you, people got delivered from drugs and insanity, and we don't even know want to know the rest of it. It's too scary. But anyway, George, go ahead. You know,
1: it's, it's, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always reminded of you know, here it is. You've got Jacob. I mean, the guy's a thief, a liar. He's a scoundrel, you know. And he has that encounter with God, where you know he wrestled with God until morning. Said, so "Surely this is a holy place," but. He built an altar there and it's that's the place that changed his life forever. No longer was he a thief, no my next
0: text, George. who was a man who was a man who was a man who was but it's who was
1: a man who was a demonstrable yeah. example of a yeah. changing yeah. a man who he a man was a man was a man who was a man who was same cloth as was a man was in the family, was was in the blood. It was a yeah. you know, was a bit of was a liar, a little scoundrel a little scoundrel but here in this moment, he had to wrestle with God, and God yeah. changed something in him that
0: was changed forever. Yeah, that's, that's actually not my text. My text a little bit before that. But anyway, still Jacob. <laughs> but, but anyway, the, the, I can remember going to an altar, and it shocked me. Shocked me. I had no clue. I prayed a prayer, and that night I felt nothing. I really, they asked me to, and I didn't feel anything. But the next day, two biker friends came over. They're both dead now. And they, they came over and said, hey, we heard you got religion last night. And I'll never forget I said, well, I don't know. But I, I prayed, and I believe Jesus, I believe he saved me. <laughs> but I remember going home that night, and, and, I mean, I poured out alcohol. No, I hadn't heard anything. I just went home, Connie and I, I poured it out. Broke old albums, the old foul, you know, all kind of and, and broke them and 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 I was free. I never I never drink again. Never, never drink. One time I was tempted, I was coming home from work and I and I, I had this envision of a of a beer. <laughs> and and i'm I'm watching I'm in my mind, you know, I'm thinking, you know, in those days, I remember back in the day football always on Sunday. You know, beer and football. And I can remember, and, and then God showed me a picture of my head in a commode. I mean, and I won't ask that question, but if you ever drink a lot, somewhere you probably knelt at the throne called the commode, and you lost. If you drink a lot, if you drink gin, whiskey, vodka, uh, mixed it, beer, whatever, smoked a little weed, whatever along the way, somewhere uh, you found the throne. <clears throat> and God showed me, and, and God said, is that what you want to look like? I said, no, I don't want to look like that. So, and all the vision left, and I went on. Amen. And uh, But my point is, uh, he didn't just forgive me. Curse was broken. It's not just, see, and this happens at an altar. And, you know, you've heard me tell the story. Every service, who needs to be saved? You know, I'm a new car. How many? You know, I mean, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival. We was in revival. I got saved every night. Amen. And so, but uh, it's called the altar and uh, burnt offerings and brazen altar. It's a place of sacrifice and, and where there's deliverance and cleansing and, and et cetera. Genesis 28, 16 to 22.
3: Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is no other um, than the house of God and this is the gate of okay, heaven. Okay, this
0: is the house of God and the gate of heaven. Go ahead.
3: Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put on his head, set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of Many it. Many
0: scholars say he made it, He built an altar. Go ahead.
3: And he called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of the city had been loosed previously. Uh, Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in the way that I am going and give me bread to eat and uh, clothing to put on me um, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, uh, which I have set on as a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you've given me, I will surely give a tenth to you.
0: Okay, here's Jacob. As George said, he's a scoundrel. This guy's a ripoff, And, and he's, just, he's asleep at night. And he has this dream of angels ascending and descending from heaven. And, and they're, they're, you know, they're not, it's not just show. They're evidently bringing things from heaven to earth and stuff. They're, they're transporting. And, and he wakes up and he, El Bethel, the house of God in Hebrew. This is the house of God. And what did he do? He built an altar. He built an altar, and he made a covenant with God. And this is a great place for me to talk about tithing. He made a covenant with God, and he said, you know what, God? If you'll keep me the way I'm going. I'm going down to Uncle Lee. He has no clue about his future, anything. And bring me back to my inheritance. Everything you give me, I'll give you a tenth of it. That's why we talk about tithing. That's why... And this this was a revelation. Now remember, he just ripped his brother off, really, and uh, scammed him. His father got the blessing. Remember, put put lambs wool on his arms because his brother was hairy. Went in, and 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 his his father Isaac said, "You feel like Jacob, but you're. I mean, you feel like uh, Esau, but you you sound like Jacob, (laughs) because he was Jacob." Amen. So always listen to the voice. But anyway uh he here he is, he cuts this, and he says, "Got all tied. That happened at an altar. Some of you need to bow your head right now <laughs> I'm telling you it's a revelation, and God blessed him. but again, my point is it's at the altar things powerful things, things that they become Covenant, they become yours. It's not just a sermon. It's not just a Sunday school class. It's not, it's It's my, I, I. you can talk about salvation, but it becomes yours at an altar. You're born again at an altar of God. That's where you're born again at. You can grow up in church and have all kinds of religious knowledge. You're born again at an altar. Somewhere, you say, God, is, it's me. And you repent, cry out. This is where deliverance comes. This is where revelation comes. And so, um, there's a second altar, the altar of incense. And uh, the golden altar, uh, Exodus 30, verse 7, Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense every morning, And every night, verse 9, you shall not offer strange incense on it, or burnt offerings, or a grain offering, nor shall you pour a drink offering. And so, uh, in the book of Revelations, uh, uh, Revelations uh, 8.3, who will get that for me? Revelations 8.3. Did did I, didn't I give you this? Oh, you already read it. Revelations 8.3. Yes, Raymond, if you'd read that for me. And uh, Matthew 5.23 and 24. Gordon, would you get that for me? Matthew 5.23 and 24. Um, okay, Let, let's let's read these and and then I want to move back to the text. Revelations eight
2: verse three. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne.
0: So in heaven, there's an altar. And your prayers are poured out on before God. Your prayers, the prayers you pray come as incense up before God at the altar. Um, Revelations 8, verse 4. I think it is. Did I read that again? Would you? Revelations 8, verse 4.
2: And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's
0: hand. Okay. It's something powerful when you come to an altar, your place of prayer, and you bring needs, you pray about other people, you pray for people, You pray for strength, you pray for fruitfulness, pray pray about your marriage, your ministry, bring your flaws, your weaknesses, your shortcomings, your dreams, your destiny, all of that, your prayers, they come before God on the altar. Pray for Mike White, Pastor Mike White. Uh, Launceston, Tasmania. He called me uh, Wednesday night. I was actually in the prayer room and he called me. And uh, uh, they told him, uh, that he went in for an eye exam and they told him, he said, listen, uh, you're you're on a cliff about to jump off. You're going to be blind in three years if you don't do something. And so he's got to, uh, they're going to do laser surgery and then uh, they're going to uh, Get it, he gets a shot uh, the blood vessels in the back of his eyes have ruptured and so the blood's trying to create new uh, uh, new uh, vessels and arteries and d- direction and it's it's he said in three years you'll be blind if you don't want to take care of this so he's getting laser and then he has to get a shot I guess once a month uh, or ever so often for the next three years in the back of his eye so anyway pray for him but uh, this, this triggered my mind thinking about this, because the altar is a place where you can bring crisis, turmoil, heartache, and you can bring it before God. Do you? Do you? do you? Do you? Do you? Do you have a place where you bring the issues of life before God? Jesus said, "My father's house shall be a house of prayer." Or, do you pray? About issues that are critical to your destiny. Do you pray about your marriage? If you're not married, do you pray about who you're going to pray? Or do you just, you've made up your mind and you say, God bless it. I hope it don't blow up in my face. And that's not the way to pray. Okay, Matthew five twenty three and 24. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there remember us that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First, be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Think about all of this is happening at the altar. In the Old Testament, they you know the altar was a place of sacrifice, a place they bring their gift and et cetera. Jesus picks this up uh, and he says, "Look, you're you're coming before God, but there's this conflict." And he says, listen, listen, don't lay your gift down, go make it right, and come back. But the altar is a place where God can deal with you. This guy come with his gift, you know, he's probably thinking, wow, you know, God will be impressed, maybe like Cain. And But it was at the altar God said, wait, 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 wait. The altar is a place of conviction. So let's look at the text um, And then uh, uh, I'm going to open up here, but uh, I'm going to have to take a couple of weeks with this. But Isaiah, at a critical time in his life, king, the king has died. The nation's, he's afraid the nation's going to spin out of control. uh, And he's there, and he's in the house of God, and he sees the Lord seated on a throne, high and lifted up. Angels are involved. They're crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The earth is filled with his glory. And so God's presence is filling the temple. I say, God, do it again. And his robe is trained. The house is filled with smoke. If you've ever read about the Azusa Street Revival, great revival, all Pentecostal churches present day pretty much come out of that uh, Azusa Street uh, Revival. Brother Seymour was a pastor and uh, it's a great story, um, uh, incredible move of God. And have a lot of testimonies and accounts of people who were kids when it happened. They, they went with their parents. And one of them, this, this fog would come in. It was, and, and he said, me and my friend would play hide and seek while mom and dad were at the altar praying. We would play hide and seek in the fog. The glory of God. Pretty heavy, and I remember one time over in the old building, on uh, where your extreme is, I'll never forget as long as I live. I was up on the platform, and and I saw this fog come in at the back of the building, like a mist come in. And what was so interesting, it began to come down the aisle, and when it would hit a row of people, they. That's pretty. They'd, they'd, they'd kind of convulse and, and, and it just it rolled right on down. And people would get up and start running to the altar. And I, I asked, and nobody saw it. That's what I could, but they'd, Pastor, we didn't see nothing. We something hit us. And, and revival just breaking out. So his, 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 this smoke, this fog, this, this, the presence of God. And it said the doorposts were shaken by his voice. Isaiah's response is not a laughing revival. Not small talk. This is why I read these books over the years. People... This one idiot, you know, this angel visited him and they rode his Doberman pincher together. How stupid. Like angels don't have any more to do than you and the angel ride his Doberman pincher. Come on. Ridiculous. Read the Bible. When angels show up, people fall on their face. You just read it. Read your own, do your own study. And he said, he, Woe is me! I'm a man of unclean lips. I live in the midst of a people of unclean lips. I've seen the Lord. But my point, all of this is happening at the altar. I saw the Lord. Remember that chorus we sang? We ought to sing it this morning. Where's Jason? I know you've already got your lips. I saw the Lord. High and lifted up train of his glory fill the temple angels cry sing all around me that's where that course comes from that happened at the altar and and you know most I don't know most but Reverend Trask when he, he wrote the book Back to the Altar his concern was is the whole altar had been removed from the church Some of you folks went to other churches. Did they have altar calls? Did, it, did people spend time at the altar laying hold of God? Did they have morning, did they pray before services? And the times in this church when God really moved, uh, and some of you remember these times, you could dismiss the service and people wouldn't leave the altar. you dismiss the service. No one, they wouldn't leave. Maybe a few folks or some folks. There, but they, they wouldn't leave. That's a mark of revival. I, I wanted to give you some time, but time's up. Sorry. I took your time. I'll try to give it to you in the future. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. We'll pick it up.